Hello, and welcome to Moonwise Podcast, a space to find beauty from the heart of nature. I'm your host, Dorte Sophie Royal, and in this episode, I speak with Sophie Cooper about finding your sacred sound. We talk about the voice as a bridge and how singing can be a healing practice. We discuss reverence for tending to a song and the way sound connects to the unseen. Sophie also shares her tips for beginners and those wishing to activate their own voice. But first, I want to send a big thank you to our new Patreon subscribers, Kelly Sheehan, Michelle Young, Mackenzie Gast, and Catherine Bright. Every contribution helps to make this show possible. You can join us at patreon.com slash moonwise, where I'm sharing recipes, seasonal herb guides, and much more. I'd also like to invite you to join me and Susan Lipschitz for our virtual gatherings on each new moon. These circles have proven to be such a highlight of my month. I leave each one feeling nourished and reminded that we're not alone. Each circle features astrology updates, writing prompts, ritual and herbal suggestions, and a guided meditation. Visit moonwise.co slash circles to reserve your spot. Okay, on with our show. Hi, Sophie. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Hi, Dorte. So good to be here. Well, many of our listeners are familiar with your voice because we have been using one of your beautiful songs as the show intro and outro for 40 episodes now. So I'm very excited to get to bring you on as a guest to talk about voice and sound and our personal expression. I know for me personally, I have had a lifelong quest of continually opening and clearing my voice and having my voice be an authentic expression of who I really am. And I know that so many other people in the world, and especially women, have a lot of potent and (laughs) in-depth relationships with their own voice. And I'm really curious about how you found your own voice. I agree that it's, it's, there's so much richness. There's so much to be discovered and uncovered through the voice. And I really came to my voice in my, as an adult, and I didn't have classical musical training. So when I was in my mid twenties, I found myself uh, down in the rainforests of Ecuador and, uh, through that journey, I got to visit indigenous communities and ceremonial communities. And I was witnessing how voice was being used in these spaces and how song was being used and actually experiencing how it was moving energy and how uh, the inner shifts that were happening through song And something awoke in me and this longing and this necessity to understand how to use my voice in that way. And and it felt like connected to 
being able to move from a clear center, yeah, to, to act or send out a vibration from a very clear center. So the, the longing awoke, but I was still very far at that point from feeling like I could step into that. So much was coming up for me. It felt really scary. It felt really vulnerable. And one of the things that's interesting with the voice is that in my experience, it's so honest. It's like all these nuances of my inner experience were being exposed. And at that point, I was very uncomfortable with those things that I thought of as weaknesses or that I thought of as um, what I didn't want other people to see. I can I understand now that that's connected to my wounding and how I was protecting my wounding from being seen by others. I was very, very much structured around protecting that wounding from being seen. So, so that was a whole journey of, of jumping in and working with what was coming up. And I found different teachers to work with along the way. Um, one of them was Sylvia Nakash here in the Bay Area, and she has a program called Yoga of the Voice. Um, and so through working with her, I was also doing a lot of ceremony and prayer during that time, working with different elders. And I have to say that the the process of working with my voice went hand in hand with sort of healing my relationship to the non-human world and building, strengthening those relationships. And that was also a part of me feeling like I could be in my center, that I could stay in my body. And the, the teachings of that a lot came through indigenous teachers, but I feel like a lot of what they were pointing at or hinting toward is, is just the human experience and coming back to the simple human experience in connection to a wider web of nature. And, it, and if I look at uh, songs from many old traditions, those songs are very much about our connection to the natural world, right? So the songs themselves are helping us connect and reconnect those pieces. I love that you bring up the unseen world and those connections because your, of course, your website itself is voice alchemy. There is such a sense of magic and weaving and pulling the unseen into something tangible that people can experience. What does voice alchemy mean to you? Oh, that's beautiful. I love alchemy because I feel like it, it does. It means a lot of things. It's a lot of practical magic, right? It's a lot of ways that the seen and the unseen meet together. I guess when I talk about alchemy, I also talk a lot about the inner work that we do of working with our our energetic state and presence and how we um, tend to the various parts of the self. So in working with different teachers and just starting to sing more and learn more about vocal technique, I, I did start to feel like, oh, okay, I feel better about how I sound. Like, okay, I, I felt somewhat better about it. But the bigger shift was about 
how I was approaching my voice and what I was expecting from it. And this mindset that it was supposed to sound a certain way mm-hmm. uh, or that I was going to control what parts of it were shown or not shown and getting more and more curious about the things that were showing up and also letting them be voiced as well, making space for those parts to come in and be voiced. And part of it's so not linear because part of what I found was that some of the things that needed to be voiced were really hard. They were, they were traumas and pains and grief that hadn't give, been given space to come forward. And without me a- allowing that to come through, my voice was stifled because what I was expecting from it was too narrow in a way, right? And so I feel that something about including all the aspects of ourself in our presence and expression that ability to hold the light and the dark and let them dance together. To me, that that's the alchemy. That's so beautiful. And as you're speaking, I can feel some pain in my throat and some constriction, which I often do have. And I've had healers tell me, you know, what's, what's really going to be healing for you is humming and singing. And that sound vibration itself can help break up some of the stored grief and sort of constricted, stifled energy, things that have maybe been left unsaid or unexpressed, things that hinder us from our full true expression. Yes, absolutely. I think that's so beautifully spoken the way you just said that. It's 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 the longing that's there, but then it's also the voice itself. The voice itself helps to move the energy that is stuck and helps to uh circulation, right? In, in in Chinese medicine, they always talk about health is circulation and sickness is stagnation. And so similarly with vibration and with the voice, as it's moving, so we're allowing space for the channel to be open, then, then we're in a state of health. That's so beautiful. The, the actual the sound heals the voice itself. Yes, we are our own medicine. I can totally attest to this approach from having been in some of your singing circles back in the day when we could meet in person, but also online. And they have been so incredibly healing for me. I grew up as a musical person singing a lot. I sang in choir for years and I loved it, but I also strained my voice um, because I don't think I learned how to sing properly to truly support. But also I think that my voice was being constrained in a certain traditional way of singing for that type of choir, which I think did a little bit of damage both to my vocal cords and maybe psychologically as well. But the thing that was so freeing about your circles was that opportunity to make a sound and not worry about how it sounds, be in the present moment and like what's coming through and what's coming through is, is amazing and can be so surprising. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the space of sounding, not just singing, right? And it's so in, so interesting what we lose when we create this narrow definition of of singing. And for myself, just 
trying different things and making more space. And that is part of allowing the different parts of me to come through and valuing all of it just as much as I value uh, maybe a classical song. Yeah, I know what you're saying that for me, there was a shift when I got to participate in some of your circles, the shift from performing to just participating in the moment. And that was a, a very healing shift for me. Um, and I think it, it moves toward authenticity in more areas of my life than just that singing circle. It's like, okay, where am I performing and kind of tightening up and constraining? And where am I really just being here and expressing what's, what's really happening right now? Something I get really excited about with this work is that I feel like there's a reclaiming and a redefining of the value of the voice. And so often I see people placing the value of the voice and how it sounds to other people. Like, is it good or bad? Does it fit into, does someone else like it, right? Or is it what someone else is expecting to hear? And by doing that, we're actually handing the center, handing the power away versus an experience of sound from the inside out. Because sound is vibration, it's happening in our bodies. And when we're listening and allowing it to come through, it might do something very different than we were expecting it to do. And how do we be okay with that? How do we allow the space for the unexpected to move through us? Right? I think that's that's the question. Yeah, it occurs to me also that sound is invisible, largely. And so it is in itself a mystery, and yet it influences and affects so much of our lives. And for people who are maybe interested in energy and energy work and don't even know where to start, it occurs to me that perhaps sound is a great place to start because we can't see it, and yet it does so much vibrationally. Yes, I, I fully agree. I fully agree. And so you have taught me some practices that awaken the energy centers in our bodies. And there are many ancient lineages that do this type of work. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that, the relationship between sound and energy and how we can work with sound in our own bodies. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. The body is so foundational to how I approach the voice and I often think of the voice as an extension of the body. It, it's, it's a continuation of, of, our, of our system, our body system. Um, and I, my somatic practice has been through Qigong. And so I've done a lot of work with the body and accessing the energetic body through Qigong. And um, one of the practices that I work with that you've mentioned, I think, is... Um, is singing into the energy centers of the body using different syllables. And there are many practices like this. The one that I, uh, that I use was made popular in the West by uh, Tenzin Wangal Rinpoche. So using sound and vibration, our body res responds as we're making a vibration. Our body is responding. And 
what begins to happen in my experience is that a different aspect of our body, the subtle body or the energetic body comes online. And within that, there's a different kind of knowing, there's a different kind of awareness that begins to take hold. And again, this is just, this is my experience. I, I can't say what, what is, what is for everyone, but there's an accessing of a different kind of being and an intuitive knowing that is, is very much connected to sensation in the body and vibration is the language of the energetic body. And so by using vibration, we can access and awaken that awareness within us and with once we're in that state, there's a lot of intuition about what needs to move and how things need to move. And I've been learning how to follow that, follow and allow that to, to happen. And it's, it's so beautiful. I mean, I also experienced this in giving birth, that there was an intuitive uh, wisdom in the body and I find that coming back to that wisdom over and over again just feels so useful and so helpful. And so when we sing from this place, when we open up that more intuitive awareness and allow singing to happen from this place, it, the voice moves what it needs to move. If there's, if there's heaviness, if things need to get purified, if things uh, we need to open up space, there's curiosity, there's... Uh, a prayer or a blessing that needs to be sent out or articulated, that gets to come forward too. But just this sort of more dynamic space opens in my experience. I want to paint a little picture for those who have maybe not experienced this type of sound with the body. I learned from you that the sound shh, is a sound that helps to ground us into the earth. And when I thought about that idea, it made sense to me, like, of course, when children are crying, we say, shh, 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 to ground them, to calm them, to connect them back to the earth. Or in Sanskrit, shanti, which means peace, like, wow, it has the sound for connecting to the earth again or shavasana, to lie on the earth. Like, that, that, that blew my mind. Yeah, yeah, that's so, it's so beautiful. And, and with my daughter, too, I've, I've noticed the relationship with a shh. And, and sometimes I don't want to shush, shush her or tell her not to have emotions or feelings. Um, but I do think, like you're saying, that the, the, the shh sound, there's actually a very settling quality it helps to settle. And so if I, if I just make sure my intention is to support her settling rather than telling her to be quiet, right. As my, as an intention, then, then I feel like it, it works. There's something there. Right. And then the other piece that you mentioned, um, yes, the vibrational languages, there are languages that in their essence, their vibration carries the meaning and English has a very complicated history and many stories and combinations. We can still find it some in English, but it is very powerful to connect to languages that have a, 
a direct vibrational expression through the words that are there. Very powerful to to sing with those with those syllables with those words. And so, with the lineage that you've studied, is it true that there's a different sound for each energy center in the body? So there are there are a lot of different ideas ar- uh-huh. out there around this. Um, different traditions have different syllables. So I've worked a lot with this this particular Tibetan practice that has certain syllables, um, but. I, I don't I don't really say that's the best one or the only one out there. I think that the power comes a lot from the vibration, the intention, and directing the intention to the body, connecting the voice and the body together, and that that wakes up the body and 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 helps us enter into that that other awareness. I'm really glad you bring up intention uh, because one of the things I've learned more recently is the idea of not just what you're singing, but where you're singing from. And that question really helps me to connect with myself and sing not only from a physically more supported place, but from an energetically more supported place where I'm singing from my womb or I'm singing from my heart instead of just kind of trying to make a sound from I don't know where. <laughs> Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. And that that hearing you speak makes me think about the sort of bridge that the voice is. It's coming from somewhere and it's being offered to somewhere, right? So there's that whole arc and that journey of where we are beginning from and then the intention lining up w- where we want to send it, right? And that this is again where it comes in also the our relationship to the non-human realm because the plants, water, a lot of these unseen a lot of the seen and unseen members of our non-human community really use vibration as the way that they communicate. That that is a language that we share with so much of life. So the possibility is there to be in relationship, to be in conversation. And I think it's a pretty amazing tool that we have as humans, as two-leggeds, that we can create such a variety of sounds, an incredible amount of sounds. And I can say that in some of my experiences of, of singing with a plant or singing to a plant or a tree, I I feel sometimes this sense that they love it. They love that we can do this and and that somehow by entering into the conversation they can be a part of that too. They can they can help share their songs and their messages with us. That really makes me think of resonance, the ability for a vibration to actually weave with and come into harmony with the vibrations around it. And I've heard wise people say that communities that sing together are actually more harmonious when they're not singing. And I really believe that. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I miss singing with groups of people. I miss hearing many voices all together. I just say it's like, so been been a very sad thing in this chapter to be missing that. 
And it is, it's so powerful that that process of, of, of bringing voices together and why we need, I I'm, think it's such an integral part of weaving community and the songs that bring us together and having songs that people can sing together and however simple they are. That's, that is such a powerful community building tool. I just love that feeling of coming into harmony with other voices and letting my voice blend with theirs and merge with theirs and sometimes stand out and sometimes blend in. I think that really is the dance of relationship. And I always feel closer to people after we've sung together. So yes, that's beautiful. It's intimate. Yeah. I love this concept of voice as a bridge. And I also love how you say on your website that everything sings. And so it seems to me that when we're really expressing our authentic voice, it's like we're just joining the song of creation. Yes, 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 yes. It's it's a singing with, right? And seeing ourselves as totally worthy as joining that song, joining into the choir, the orchestra, being a part of something so much bigger than ourselves and and having something unique to offer as well, like valuing that that piece because that's the other thing is that every single person's voice is a blueprint it's different you know we have these things our fingerprints are each unique from each other our our voices are also each unique and so thinking about the diversity of all those gifts and then when we bring them together like you're saying singing in a room we start getting that that dance of those vibrations It's beautiful because they can come into harmony, but it's also beautiful because they're different. I don't know if you've had the experience, I imagine you have, of catching a song, like hearing a song on the winds almost, and it just coming in all of a sudden, and and there's either a sound or some words or a melody that can become a song. I'm glad that you are bringing this up because it's a, a very big part of my practice um, personally and, and in working with people too, something that I encourage a lot is um, once, like, so I'll just speak for myself, once I get into sort of more of an intuitive space where I feel connected to my energetic body, sort of bringing my head center down lower into the body, um, things start to come, sounds start to come, melodies come. And that can be very therapeutic and there are also sometimes I feel like I'm riding a wave and it's it feels like a song or it feels like a channel of a song. And so within that, I feel like there's always the potential and the possibility to kind of receive one of the seeds that are there and nurture it 
and let it unfold, keep tending it and help it. And to me, that that's a lot of how I write songs is entering in that space, hearing something and then and then coming back to it and continuing to allow it to unfold. And, and I think that I, I believe that's happening to people all the time of the, the hearing the piece of a song or the beginning of a song or the, the rhythm or the melody. It, it, it can come differently for different people have a tendency to hear different parts of it. Right. Mm-hmm. But that that's, it's very exciting to me. And it's also beautiful to feel like sometimes I have the image of a river that it's always there and flowing. And when I tune in, then I'm, I'm uh, aware of something, but it's always there, whether I'm paying attention or not. I love that. And that makes me think of ancestral songs as well. For many of us, I've heard people from European descent and other cultures lament that, that our songs, our traditional lineage songs are not available to us anymore for many different reasons. And I often think that we can hold on to hope though, because the songs haven't disappeared. Like the songs are still there, whether it's the songs of the moment or the songs of the past or the future. And we can access the right melody for the moment if we really listen. And so, yeah, especially for those of us who are from lineages that have been disconnected either from the land or traditional practices I think that it is possible to hear the songs again. And yeah, they may not be in Gaelic. I've received some songs for seasonal shifts that are that feel very aligned with my heritage, but of course they're in English because that's the language I speak. Yeah, that's beautiful. I I completely resonate with you and I've been uh, especially over the last few years, very, very curious and in a process of finding the ancient songs of my lineage. Um, my lineage is Irish and French and uh, Ukrainian, Jewish, British, German. And so there's there's a lot there, right? And um, but it, it it it's some digging to go go further back than the church and to actually find some of the the songs that were connected to the earth and used to connect to the earth. So um, there are songs and um, I really, really appreciate those because I do feel like there's a way of linking into my ancestral roots and the there's a power that comes from those songs. And and then I think it's true that some of them are going to emerge or reemerge. Some of the new songs that we are hearing might be old songs and to allow space for that and that it's, it's, it's energy in motion. So what is showing up is showing up here now for a reason and that I imagine it's connected to our ancestors. <laughs> As a song carrier, I feel a lot of reverence for the songs that I've learned or that have been passed on to me. And part of what has been shared with me is that each song is is a spirit. And 
to cultivate a relationship and an honoring of that spirit and really take good care of it. Um, and oftentimes, you know, like one song, one song intending one song really well can go a, a long way. And so having one or two songs in our song basket, that's, that's already a responsibility, right? And an opportunity to really take care of those songs. And part of that um, is, is, is when it's possible to learn about the song and to find its origin and its meaning um, and when it's appropriate to be used. Like it's its purpose, right? So when possible, getting that information when we can and um, getting as close to the source of the song as we can is always is always a good idea. And you know, I, I always encourage people too to think about songs that they already know. Like maybe there's a song from childhood. There's a lullaby. There's something that uh, your mom sang to you that is actually came from her mom. And that, 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 that holds something. So to really consider that when we're looking for our ancestral songs. Right. Like some simple lullaby may have a deep energetic meaning for you personally. And it might be an old melody. Mm. The words may have changed over time. That melody could have been from much further back than we know. Yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued by the idea of really tending to the songs and even tending one song very well. An amazing healer once told me that there could be a healing practitioner who heals with just one song and they could do an immense amount of good in the world. Hmm. Yes. So sometimes in our culture where we're sort of conditioned to think of like bigger is better and more is better and let's collect as many as we can, whether it's herbal remedies or songs, you know, or clothes. I like this idea that, um, take your time and really go deep with a song and really tend it with reverence instead of just like, Oh, I'm going to get that song and this song. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. The, the collecting stuff mentality can, can enter into the world of singing as well. I'm wondering if you have any advice for someone who's wanting to connect with their authentic voice and maybe at the beginning of this exploration. Yes, thank you. I guess the first thing I would say is sing. <laughs> it's it's so obvious, but but to just find the little ways that we can sing more in everyday life. And whatever songs you know, sing them while you're in the shower, sing in the shower, sing in the car, like the places are like, oh, yeah, la, la, la. but yes, when we sing, we release oxytocin into our body, that happy hormone, right? So singing itself gets us into the circulation of something that is really wonderful. And so the more we sing, the more we're going to be wanting to sing and the more we're going to know what lights us up and where we get excited. And so then that's the other thing is, is follow the curiosity. Notice what you want to sing. Notice what kinds of songs, what kinds of traditions, even if they're really obscure, even if it's like, wow, I really want to learn the Phrygian mode on guitar, do it. Because <laughs> it's whatever is lighting you up. And that's, that's going to draw you somewhere where you need to go. So just really 
make space for the curiosity to, to guide. Um, humming is an amazing, amazing tool. Humming can shift our vibration. And especially if we're feeling a little heavy or sad, just humming into whatever up and down or humming a song, it will shift the state. And then the other thing I would say is just give yourself permission to make sounds, to go outside of what we usually think of as singing, but let sounds come through um, to the extent that you can, you know, but just, just inviting that space for sounding to be a part of what we think about with singing. These are wonderful tools, especially in a time when so many are feeling anxious and just dealing with a lot of transition and change in our lives. It seems like singing can be a great balm for our nervous system and for our mood. And um, whether it's, you know, singing while you cook or while you sweep or check your emails, who knows? (laughs) Yes, yes. I was working with someone the other day in this session and she said, oh, wow, this is a great stress reduction technique. Mm. And I feel like she placed, put it really well. Like it really does help relieve stress from the body. So it's a gift to give that to ourselves. For me, there's so much excitement and beauty that is coming from the one-on-one work with people. And I learned so much from the people that I've been working with. I feel so honored to be led into a space that's really very, very intimate. Um, The voice can be so vulnerable. And I've experienced that myself. And I think that I feel like a lot of people that are drawn to working with me are experiencing that in some degree. And so it's really my intention to hold a space of safety for that vulnerability to come forward and something that I feel really dedicated to um, in myself and my own walk in life is letting my vulnerability lead, stepping with vulnerability, trusting that to come forward as much as I can and really supporting others and feeling like they have the support to be able to lead with vulnerability as well. And I, I just believe that this world would be a pretty different place um, if more of us could do that. We lose so much in, 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 in controlling what other people see or hear from our inner experience. That inner experience is so rich and is exactly what I believe is needed in the world right now. I heard recently someone told me that right now, in this moment in, on Earth, that songs are just as important as seeds. That's amazing because I was listening to a podcast recently about seeds and I was like, what am I doing with singing? I need to be focusing on food justice. I need to be focusing on the preservation of the seeds for the future. Um, So so it's interesting that you say that. (laughs) Both are really important. I think they're very connected in ways that we're going to learn more about as humans. And my, one of my dreams is to have a singing circle where we sing to the seeds. So I hope some listeners out there just take that idea and run with it. (laughs) And, um, a community I visited in Colombia, they, they do a seed ceremony. Um, actually in this time around February is the time that they do a blessing of the seeds before planting them. And it's a whole 
there's a whole ceremony involved in that, but a lot of that is is about is singing to them, singing and blessing and and connecting and pouring all that intention into the seeds. Well, thank you so much, Sophie. This has been so nourishing and inspiring, and I'm definitely going to be singing more today and in the coming days. Mm, thank you so much. It's so fun to talk with you about all of this. And I know that you are an, you are a singer and song carrier as well. And I, I love the opportunities we've had to bring our voices together. And I look forward to more. And for those who are interested in learning more about your work and finding you online, where can everyone access your work? Yes, uh, my website is voicealchemy.com. And that's for vocal coaching, for singing workshops. And um, yeah, you can read about the offerings that are there. And hopefully someday we'll be able to do in-person workshops again. But right now everything's online. Wonderful. And I've participated in some of those and they're really lovely, especially in these times. You basically can hear yourself and you can hear the song leader, but hey, that's better than no singing at all. <laughs> right. It's different. And and I also, for some people, I found that that was perfect for them. That was the right oh. amount of risk that they were ready to take. Right. So it's interesting how these times limit us in certain ways and open up I do feel that that there's something there about reclaiming the voice for ourselves first and really being using it as a tool for our own well-being and then we then we can offer it and it's a gift for others as well but sometimes we spend so much time thinking about how others hear it that we're not accessing it for ourselves first. Has anything shifted for you after becoming a mother in observing your own child? Do you have any new thoughts about how our voice works and, and expression in general? Oh, it has been so amazing to be on the journey. My daughter's two. And so to watch her coming into sounding, to dialogue with her, she was mimicking my sounds from such an early, early age. We were able to sort of have a conversation and recognize, I think I was just struck at how we are vibrational creatures and how that responding to vibration before there's any meaning attached or before there's this idea that I must communicate, there's there's just vibration and the, so innocent and beautiful to be in that conversation with her. And, uh, and, and just she orients towards song so much. She's singing constantly. She knows the words to so many songs now. She sings along. She loves Hallelujah. She knows like three quarters of the lyrics, the Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley and Leonard Cohen, uh, the Jeff Buckley version of Leonard Cohen's song. Um, so that's been, and just singing with her for both me and my husband has been such a beautiful experience and it's such a beautiful application of the voice. And he has become a phenomenal singer. It's, I'm so, so proud of him. Like he was not comfortable with his voice before. And he, just by singing and having a reason to sing and having such a loving audience, which is the child that you know is not judging you, 
that he is he's been really really coming into his voice and it's been fun to watch I think the biggest thing that has shifted is that I just have such I have less time for myself and I have to like get in quick and do what I need to do or you know so learning how to be uh really value those moments of time that I have and do what I can yeah motherhood is like the best efficiency and focus training ever because you have these windows of time and it's like, okay, let's get there. Let's do the thing. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. No dilly dallying. (laughs) Well, may we all sing as if we're singing to that innocent child who doesn't judge us. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) And if you have a child around, you can use them. Well, thank you so much, Sophie. I have really enjoyed this conversation and I am inspired to sing more. Mm, Thank you so much for this opportunity to put things into words that exist in sound and sensation and experience. So it's beautiful to be here with you. Thank you for listening to the show. You can hear more episodes on moonwise.co or subscribe to the Moonwise podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate us and leave a review. Reviews help others find the podcast and I read each and every one. Thank you so much for your support. The songs in this episode are from Sophie Cooper's album, Rewilding. See you next time. <laughs>